<laughs> Welcome to the new normal where people share the real, the raw, and the risky moments of their life. It's a piece of their history. It's our story. Come, share, whether hilarious, heartbreaking, or maybe even a bit crass. We want to hear from you. We want to put you on our virtual stage for the world to benefit and for you to have a great time. Hello and welcome to The New Normal, a podcast coming to you from Beijing on COVID year. We started this podcast about a month ago talking about all the COVID stories that we managed to collect from the sad ones to the challenging ones to the happy ones. We had some weird ones and we have people from all around the world participating in this podcast. We're trying to cover all industries, the ones that were more affected by COVID, the ones that were less affected by COVID but everyone was somehow affected by COVID. We covered families and we covered businesses, we covered creativity in arts, and today we're getting to some place that is maybe closer to what I do as a lifestyle journalist. We're coming to the dining industry and to the wine industry, and, and we are not gonna waste any more time. We're going to let each one of our guests introduce themselves. We have a restaurateur. Yeah, hello, I'm Mohammed and Knife from Turkmenistan, uh, managing the Georgian and Turkish feasts. Two restaurants in Beijing. Yes. Two of them we can say of a little bit uh, exotic cuisines. It Ex will be funny if we say it is exotic cuisine if we were in Europe, for example, but in, here in Asia, yes. Exactly, exactly. Exotic cuisines. It, <laughs> it is our main idea to bring something exotic, something unknown and to um, let people know it. Where are you from originally? Turkmenistan. That's where you grew up? Yeah. And the yeah. first restaurant that you opened here was Georgian? Yes. Why? Because Georgia is... Uh, before we used to be all, all the same country and we used to uh, be friends all together, enjoying, doesn't matter, you're a Turkmen or Georgian or Belarusian or Kazakh, like... And for us, the Georgian cuisine is forever number one. Well, whenever you go to Moscow, in, especially in the center of Moscow, you can see like one street, just one small street with seven uh, Georgian restaurants in one street. So when you're saying in the old times, it's important to let our listeners understand we're talking about Soviet Union time, where all of these little countries were part of the Soviet <laughs> Union. Yes. So we can say that... Um, if we would have met here 30 years ago, you two would have been holding the same passport. So you're the restaurant side. And on the wine side, we have... Tim Sozashvili from Georgia. And yes, you are right. Uh, two of us, Mohammed and myself, we were born in the same country called USSR. So your family owns its own winery? Uh, yes. Uh, in a broader way, yes. Uh, it's owned by my uncle and his business partner for many decades. The main winemaker is my father's cousin. Uh, the main exporter is his, my, my father's another cousin, and all of us are holding the same surname. So it's somehow a family business, I would call it that way. Just to give us an idea, because there's some wine manufacturer in countries that really have amazing commercial capacities, millions of bottles, thousands of wineries, hundreds of great varieties. 
what are we talking about when we're talking about Georgian wine compared to, let's say, one of the big exporting countries in Europe that people may know, Spain, Italy? How big is the capacity for export that Georgia can offer annually? Well, it's definitely, it's not even close to those bigger, physically bigger countries as it would be Italy, France, Spain, even Germany, which I think is a big problem for us. We do not have a big and strong economy to make people see and understand where we are and who we are. Um, we, we have very little advertisement uh, budget as a country. So it's not a surprise for me when I go to different cities in China and people have not heard about Georgia here. Not just Georgia, Georgia and wine, you pretty much answered my next question right now, which would have been, so how come I never drank a Georgian wine before? And my job is to eat and drink things. The first time I had a Georgian wine was only a few years ago. I never came across any bottles in most of the international exhibitions that are taking place around Asia. And you explained it very well because budget is the main thing that drives agricultural or artisanal products out of a certain country. Why was the decision at some point to export to China? China is a very new wine market. China is a very new to most of the Western products. It's just 30 years after it opened up to the world to anything. So uh, again, our family business falls back to the history of my father being here, having his own business and at some point realizing that he's Georgian without his wine. <laughs> and he said, okay, you know what? Let us sit with my Chinese business partner, write down our, our pros and cons and see whether it's worth to import it or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I did start today when we opened this bottle to ask you about the variety and I did hear a word I never heard before. Pretty soon we're going to talk about toasting. We're going to really talk about the wine, wine drinking. Muhammad, I'm taking this conversation back to you because we have started a set of podcasts. We're very lucky that right now we are enjoying to chat about wine and food but our first couple of podcasts were a little bit sad and a little bit painful we were talking about covid we we're talking about people's work being affected we were talking about families that were split people whose uh, family is in another place cannot come back or they cannot go over there to see them it was a very strange year and maybe as a restaurateur you can give a little bit of an enlightenment to people who are in china but also to people who are outside of China listening to us. Yeah, for us, this year was like a nightmare. That uh, the restaurant business was, was one of the, uh, had uh, one of the biggest impact, man. We just had empty restaurants, the February, March, April, May. Like, especially in the beginning, we were absolutely empty. First of all, we lost all our customers who were afraid to come. Like if you look at George's Feast, it's almost six years, uh, so it's quite a well-known restaurant. Uh, it's in a good location, and um, and uh, it has some um, entrance from outside. But for a Turkish feast, uh, it's not such a perfect location because it's inside of the small mall. Uh, it's uh, it's in a good building, but it's inside, and people don't see it from the street. So basically, you, your customers from the street who can enter just just by seeing your logo, 
it's coming to zero percent like so you only have the customers who come uh, by knowing you by hearing about you so even before the COVID, it was a very big problem to make us uh, to for us to make it uh, popular so especially on the COVID times and with all the strictest uh, regulations so of course of course psychologically people were choosing some other more open places. More accessible. Yeah. To our listeners who are not in China, we're explaining that right now in China, wherever you want to go, every public space, whether it's a restaurant, a shopping mall, your own office building where your company is located, even your residential community, you are required to scan a QR code at the door and this directs directly to your phone to what we call a health kit, which is an app that lets people know whether or not you have been through an infected area, but also whether or not you are a close contact of a confirmed COVID case. It makes it easier to trace you, to locate you, and to inform you that you should get tested in case you have been in touch with a confirmed COVID case. So when you need to scan one QR code, it's already our habit here in China. But when you have to take your phone out again at another door and scan another one, people think is a bit of a hustle. What happened to wine to to buyers to I'm assuming that most of the clients are restaurants probably. What happened to people's drinking habits during the first few months here? In our case, uh, most of our clients are not the restaurants, unfortunately. As for our clients, we have different clientele in different cities, but they mainly have their own circle where they sell the wine. They um, Companies that purchase the wines for their, themselves for different occasions, whether it's Chinese New Year, it's Golden Week, the aka National Holiday. A gift. As, as gift for their own company. Again, the gatherings were forbidden. And uh, mm. many of the Chinese uh, in tier two, tier three cities, they have a habit of bringing their own alcohol when they go to the restaurant. Mm. And of course, when they were not able to go to the restaurant in the beginning, and what Mohammed mentioned that it was not only for foreigners, but basically for everyone, it was quite a big headache to go out anywhere and gathering on the same table more than three or four people. Of course, they were not going out and they were not drinking those alcohol beverages whether it was our wines or any other uh, drinks uh, of course for, for, for the beginning uh, uh, the foreigners had uh, a big activity especially the Russian community that uh, we are serving wine to because in the beginning we mentioned over 80 years of history with ex-USSR people knowing about Georgia Georgian wine Georgian cuisine and they were just ordering because some of their friends had this and they, they were sending to each other this wine. They, they were like, hey, you know what? You are sitting at home and I'm sitting at home. I'm having this great wine here myself and let's have it together over a video call. I will say this because I'm, I'm saying this is the second Georgian wine that I've drank in my life. And what we're seeing today... Shame on you. Shame on me. Agreed. Shame on me. Uh, what I will say today is that we opened something that is so deep and dark in color that it's almost black and the light, the light doesn't go through. You have this beautiful dark burgundy color rim. That's the only place where the glass is very thin and you can really see the color. But if you look through the body of the wine, it's completely dark. It is very full-bodied wine. I would guess that this is a pretty large grape with a very heavy skin because it feels very fruity. 
you get a very fruit flavor from it. It doesn't have a long lingering aftertaste, but when you drink it, it stays. And this is a very interesting drinking experience. I would definitely connect this one to a big cold platter. That would be my choice of cheese and cold cuts, but I don't know what you would pair it with in Georgia. Everything that you like to eat, basically. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. you're not picky, you're flexible. I like it, it's good. The thing, the thing for us uh, is that we, as Georgians, we keep learning uh, from many different uh, cultures throughout the centuries because you have to. We are a small, a proud but small country and in order to survive you have to always learn. So as, as you said, you know, pairing it with the cheese is amazing, it's good, but uh, we didn't really have much time of sitting down and relaxing. <laughs> Planning all this. <laughs> as, as a history, yes, as a country, because we were always in between of the wars. You didn't have time to mess with the pairing. You said, if it's quiet right now and we can drink, let's just drink and eat and don't mess with all kinds of nonsense. We pair it with whatever we got. Mohammed, I'm going to ask you to introduce to our listeners kind of, I would say, a social media superstar right now. There is a pastry that looks like an oh. alien. That yeah. I would say in Hebrew is a chashpuri, but I would not know what the right <laughs> pronunciation would be in Turkish. This pastry, we're talking about COVID time. Everybody was sharing recipes. Everybody was sharing cooking experiences. Everybody was sharing food on social media in the past nine months. This pastry, which is very well familiar to me. I'm from Israel. It's everywhere. And it's very much familiar to anyone who's from the Balkan or from, I, I would say, really Turkey and, and uh, Bulgari and Georgia. But for the rest of the world, it's like a new and innovation discovery. What is this pastry? You're talking about the pide or khachapuri? Khachapuri. Khachapuri. Yeah. Uh, as I told before, that uh, the Georgia is an uh, ex-USA republic. And that's why... The, till the 90s, none of the world, they, they had no, no way to know about the Georgia, to know about Georgian wine, to know about the Georgian cuisine. Even, even when we just uh, opened the restaurant, the people were passing and saying, Galu, Georgia, what is it? Why people don't know about the Georgian food, about the Georgian wine? It's not because uh, it's not good. It's amazing. It's one of the best. Thing is that the time didn't allow it the world to know about it, but now the time is coming. And as you said, Khachapuri now one of the superstars. Superstars <laughs> in social media. Exactly, and uh, we need to think. We need to now our chef, lady chef Nelly Tomarazes. Now she's in Georgia, but we need to say a big uh, thanks to her. I think she, I'm calling her Columbus of Georgia in China. Because she was the, the first one, the, the only one who brought the Georgian cuisine to China and who made it successful. And the Hachapuri is... Um, it's beautiful. Let's start her with signature, this. Her signature dish. Why is it so much loved? Why did it manage as one of... Every country has a food that managed to cross borders that people fall in love with. Everybody who eats dumplings fall in love with them. Everybody who eats French fries fall in love with them. Khachapuri has something that can cross borders, I think, endlessly. It can go to every country. Nobody will say, I don't like it. Exactly. Um, in simplicity. Simplicity, I agree. Yeah. 
Bread, Hachapuri is actually a team, help me. Hachapuri is a bread and cheese eh, in Georgian. So if we break down the word Hacho is cottage cheese, Puri is bread. Of course, it's not made from cottage cheese, but it's related to the diary. And Hachapuri was made uh, as, as an addition, as a bread. It was not really a main dish uh, in, in the past times, especially... For people who were traveling, you would make it without mm. butter or without very, like, not very uh, fatty cheese. So when you baked it, it was quite dry. But uh, it, after baking, the cheese would not spoil that fast. So it would last you for a couple of days when you were going to another village. Mm. And it, it's, it's carbs. You get cheese there as well. So it's not super dry. You get most of the nutrition that you need while you're traveling. It's easy. You do not need to kill a cow because a cow was bringing a lot of milk and cheese. So you were getting a very easy and what Mohammed just mentioned is, is a simple thing to do. You had uh, wheat, uh, which was always amazing in Georgia. And but there's an egg there as well, which makes it today like uh, a full meal inside of bread. So basically, there are like hundreds of types of hachapuri, you know, the, uh, and Georgia is divided on some regions. Uh, the one we are talking about is uh, Ajarian hachapuri, is, uh, the Ajara on the Black Sea. And um, this, uh, this kind of style, the, hachapuri, the Ajarian hachapuri also traveled to Turkey and Turkey also has the pide. It's actually the same, the same uh, shape, Shay. almost the same. Even the Turks are saying it's very Turkish, but I know, I know in my heart that is coming uh, from Georgia, and the 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 simplicity, but in the simplicity is the is everything. Egg, egg. When you mix, uh, when you mix the egg with the hot with the raw egg yolk, yeah, with the hot cheese, and then you. And then you bite the bread and uh, to this you egg yolk and cheese. You dip the edges of the bread in the center <laughs> of the bread where the... Oh, this is... Okay, you now mix it's becoming... it all together. Now it's just becoming cruel because <laughs> we're recording this at night and there is no food around, just wine. But we're here to talk about toasting. And if we would have opened this bottle of wine right now at the restaurant, at George's Feast, and you guys would be my host, what would happen? What would be the first toast? Uh... First of all, I would start that not if, but when we oh, will do this. Oh, yeah, we like that. Now, now, now we can do the rehearsal. <laughs> uh, I would say now, for example, if, if someone has birthday, for example, you have birthday and happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. I uh, missed your birthday. <laughs> I hope that the next one we would uh, celebrate together. So I would uh, actually show you how this is done. You say thanks to the God. Uh, the next one would be for you definitely. the occasion the, the 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 occasion but like why why we are gathered here mm -hmm. today of course in for for a good reason it's it's your oh. birthday we have on the table uh, a person a host called tamada like a toastmaster uh, you can call him toastmaster uh, i would i would rather call him a host because he is he might be a guest who is very close friend of the family, but he knows people in this occasion 
closer than why that. would he get this job is it because he's particularly articulate is he good with words is he does he have a special talent that makes him that guy so as i was saying he knows people in this occasion he knows exactly where he needs to lead the whole evening and the host uh, the tamada has the right to sometimes calm people down when you know uh, they are sometimes you know people get drunk and they start shouting but he also needs to make sure that you are not drinking too fast mm -hmm. so you have a certain pace you're not throwing toast one after another definitely you're having a time for eating and what food does to your body is that it gives the certain energy that you do not get drunk you are not making them to drink you are making them probably to say a toast and how the georgian toast goes is for example me as a host i would propose a toast for your birthday me a first person i can drink the wine on the same toast of a toast for you if someone else has anything to add they would continue the same toast oh. talking about you and when they complete their speech then everyone. they take then they take a sip exactly but everybody's waiting for the whole round to end exactly so that also gives extra time for people who have been drinking to not drink too fast oh this is like a shock monitor we should have had one of these guys in college <laughs> the guy because we have exactly the opposite right we got a guys go like shots and get everybody to drink more until we pass out to pretty soon i guess like 20 minutes later you have a guy who makes sure it goes slow and we order more bottles of wine that, that's a good that's a good guy i like this guy yeah, if, if you are sitting at home, of course, you are not ordering. You are always No, I should have the guy at home, too. I should bring the guy over. I like the guy. What would be the third toast? The third toast definitely would go to the parents because mm -hmm. parents are the people who brought this person, you, to this world. And again, saying uh, toast for the parents, we never say the toast only for your parents. In your parents' face, we would uh, mention everyone's parents. You have to let everyone uh, say some good things about the parents, and then this toast is considered as closed. So completed. We completed this three, three. No, 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 no. Nowadays we do not have three. Nowadays we have much more. And as a very good friend of mine from Armenia, uh, Doctor Tigran, uh, he uh, used to tell me, "You do not drink for the whole tree." You drink for the leaves. And what toast saying gives you is opportunity. For example, today I'm on your birthday and you have met you, your friend who I've never met. And when I say a toast about you, for example, I, I, I might say a story that we have shared, but Matthew was not there. So he knows a bit more about me and my relationship to you. When he says the toast, He's going to talk gonna about something say, from our past. Exactly. And then I will know a bit about you and him and the, the story that you shared. Then the next toast, for example, for the parents. So people become more familiar with everyone around the table and their connection to either the host or the person having a birthday or the person getting married. They, they understand how they are somehow connected. Yes, it's not, it's, it's not only the connections that you understand. It's also the... Uh, 
worldview of that certain person that you start understanding whether how they think and of course a friend of a friend is a friend but I would doubt that you know not always but when you have this opportunity of listening how person says something what he thinks about parents then you would understand you know like this His is already values. exactly and 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 with the toast you cover very many different topics and then you understand what this person thinks of very many different topics and as, as you mentioned you understand what values this person has even though he might be your friend but we might not share the same values in the meantime while we're chatting Muhammad opened a second bottle of wine can you tell our listeners a little bit about this bottle of wine what 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 are they drinking now I would say that today the second bottle is semi-dry wine it's made from the same grapes uh, but uh, fermentation is being stopped at certain level of the level of sugar so that you have a little bit of sweetness you have lower alcohol and the wine that we are drinking now is uh, uh, it is called Pirosmani Pirosmani was a person so it's not a type of grape uh, or a, a region in, in case of the first bottle it's just a given name for this uh, wine uh, Pirosmani was just a great human. He was a good citizen of Tbilisi city and ended up also being a great painter. And he has great story. I will not tell the uh, whole story. It's for our listeners to explore. He has a very romantic but sad story of his life. And uh, in, in, in this case, the wine has less sadness in it. <laughs> I hope so. But it was dedicated to him. Which it is was nice dedicated. to dedicate to a historic figure that is important in your culture instead of just writing the name or the variety of the grape. There's a lot of creativity in there. Muhammad, just off the top of your head, any very, very good toast that you heard somebody make that kind of stayed with you in all of your years owning restaurants, operating restaurants, <laughs> participating in people's weddings and birthdays, and I'm sure also not so happy things in yourself with friends and family is there one toast like this that kind of stayed with you that somebody said something at a table that you go like yeah I always remember that so uh, for me like, like you you let me think and uh, I was remembering all the all the toasts uh, I heard and I remembered one very good toast of a of a Georgian singer and he told some words which I will never forget he told that when live the life so your children your grandchildren uh, especially living in china one day they will come to this place and they will say my father my granddad he made something here so live your life with the with the goal with the with the purpose purpose exactly with the purpose and uh, you're in a ancient country you also you're representing your ancient culture and country so Make something great. Don't waste it for nothing. You, you, you know what? You're taking us to a very interesting place. You both are here doing business, making whatever living that you find, but you're really representing your countries and your cultures. Your cultures. I wouldn't say... I, I don't like when people tell me that I represent my country because I don't think I don't. I do represent my culture. And you guys are really representing your cultures because you're bringing to China... The most intimate thing that a culture has, which is food and wine. 
the things that we consume, the things that go inside us. Beside the wine and food, it's it's not just the wine and food. In one bottle of wine, there's much more than just wine. There is a there is all your all your heart, heart of the country. Yeah, as longer you represent it, the the better people know about your place, about your traditions, about like the toast of Georgia. Like we we talk about the God. We talk about the family, we talk about the parents, we talk about their love. It's not just about the food and about the why I do this uh, I do this uh, work huh? because I love it. I love uh, showing the people that uh, showing the people our world, op- opening the gates. As I told before, like uh, most of the world doesn't know about my country, doesn't know properly about the Georgia, especially in China. Uh, during all the time, it was just the Soviet Union, but now we have our independence, we have our uh, countries, um, and it's it's an amazing job to make people know about it. To communicate culture, to communicate. The fact that these are really different regions, different countries with their own different cultures. We are almost at the end of this year. We don't even know what to say. The year is almost ending. It's a strange year. We hope it's going to stay peaceful and quiet here. But at the same time, we really hope for everybody around the world to be where we are right now. Here in Beijing, where you're starting to eat again and drink again and get together in a big room with friends and and share a bottle of wine and chat so we're wishing this to everyone where do you guys want to see your two businesses going in the future what is what is a goal for you guys and i know it's hard in this year to set high and far goals but a small near goal for each one of you what do you see as a goal it's again uh going back to mohammed's words it's it's not about how many bottles we will sell it's how many hearts will understand what the product that we are selling represents it's the hard work of the people that has had history of the centuries and it's easier for me honestly speaking because i come from this country i grew up there i saw this and it's a little bit harder for muhammad because he has his own precious and very nice history and culture of his country and plus he is helping another country and he is making it popular in a huge country as is China so imagine he's making a double work mm. it's one thing for me yeah. saying that i come from this country you know my grandfather his grandfather and then his grandfather was doing this something but then he has to speak of the two things he has to speak of his own grandfather who was creating the history in Turkmenistan and he has to speak about Georgia as well so i really appreciate both of the works that we do and in this case i'm very thankful to the fate to the luck and to the life that it actually brought me to people who i have around me and with muhammad again i said it earlier but our business didn't stick together for different reasons but as a person he sticks with me he chooses me i choose him the the very sole thought of us 
sitting here today on this interview is already speaking that the five years ago have not been a waste. We came together here. We drank not one or two hundred bottles together. <laughs> we said not one or two thousand toasts together. And this is something that, as me, I would have a very great memory of. And I, I really hope that this love of the business will bring me to the same kind of people with the same kind of values. And within those people, I would also find that soul love. I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to the people. I think this is our fourth podcast and everyone who's been listening to, listening to us for a while already understands everyone who's here is part of a community of people from all around the world who are living and working and creating in Beijing. And these good people, and I really do feel that not only through my work in media, but maybe through my work in the food industry as well, and from interviewing people, you keep meeting more and more and more people who have made Beijing home, who are creating here, who are great people, who enjoy each other's company and are always looking to meet new people. So wherever you are in the world and you're hearing this podcast coming to you from Beijing, I think by now you can already get a glimpse in how many of us there are here, what great opportunities there are here for us, how hard we work and how dedicated everybody that you've heard on this podcast is to whatever it is that they do, whether it's film or food or wine or music or radio. And that we all end up finding each other and it turns into a huge international community where, at least from my experience over the past 18 years, everybody brings only the best of the best of the best of what they have in them, of their country, of their culture, of the place where they grew up. And you really get to represent the best of everything. So we're thanking both of you so much for being with us today. And we're going to drink a lot more wine after this is over. And we're going to have some great Turkish and Georgian food pretty soon. Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely clinging glasses tonight. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And for everyone who is hearing us for the first time, we are the new normal part of a podcast series that is under the great human connection. If by now you don't know what the great human connection is, shame on you and Google it because we're everywhere. We're coming to you on radio, we're coming to you in visual, we have videos, we have photos, we have articles, we have stories that people share in this very strange year from all over the world. And we're going to collect these stories for as long as you keep them coming. So we want to hear yours. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful night, whatever time zone you're in. And to end this, I would say a word where how we end the toast. Kaumarjus. Kaumarjus. Kaumarjus.